0: Good morning, UECP family. How have we been doing in this lockdown? Maybe some of us, we have just kept on eating, you know, playing a lot, sleeping a lot, uh, watching Netflix a lot. And some of us feel tired. Actually, we feel tired because we're not doing anything productive. We feel our life has stopped. We feel anxious and afraid of, tomor- of what tomorrow will hold. And some of us are just worrying. And when we think why we are worrying, we don't know why. And I think all of this are the effects of the lockdown. My friends, we live in uncertain times, and all the more we need to know our God. We need to encounter God today. I believe some of us would like to encounter God, hear from Him, because we need God's guidance right now. We need God's assurance. So who is this God that we want to encounter? Who is this God? I think some of us would like to encounter God Because we would like to know why COVID-19 is causing so much suffering. We would like to ask God, how will this end? Will it end? How much more people will have to die? God, can you just wave your hand and stop the virus? Can you give us a vaccine soon? Many questions that we would like to ask God right now. You see, when I was a young Christian... I also remember the time that I wanted to seek God. I wanted to encounter God. So when I would go on uh, summer camps or retreats, I would usually wake up early at 6 a.m. And I would go to the trees, go to nature, and just sit there and listen to the voice of God. Because I wanted to encounter God that year. I wanted to seek God that year. I wanted to experience Him. Because I had a question in my heart. I wanted to know what is the purpose of my life. I wanted God to give me that direction. I wanted to know who is God. Today we will look at the Bible because we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. So, please keep your Bibles open today as we look at Genesis chapter 28. Verses 10 to 22. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to 22. We continue with the life of Jacob. He was instructed by Isaac, his father, to go to Padam Aram to get a wife. You see, Isaac didn't want his son to marry a Canaanite woman. So Isaac not only sends his son away, but also blesses him and said, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to 11, Jacob leaves Beersheba and sets out for Haran. Some would say the distance is around 70 miles, and to walk it would take three days. So we can imagine how tired Jacob must have felt, and he was walking alone when jacob reached a certain place he stopped for the night because the sun had got, had gone down jacob was so tired he took a stone and made it his pillow the bible said he put the stone under his head and lay down to sleep and this is when jacob encounters god in a dream in verse 12 god is the one who initiates the encounter with Jacob. He saw a ladder, or some say it's more of a stairway, resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, why would God show a vision to Jacob in a dream? I think it's because God is showing Jacob that he cares for him. God is showing him how people on earth can go to heaven. And it is only through that stairway. There is no other way. How about the angels? Are the angels real? Yes, angels are real. They are heavenly beings created by God to do His works. And they are powerful creatures. They are a little bit higher than humans. But they are not like God. They are not all-powerful and all-knowing. When I was young, I used to dream a lot. And when I dream, when I wake up, I usually don't remember the, the things that I dreamed about. But sometimes I would have dreams with actions. You know, sometimes I would dream and my hand would go and I would wake up. And I was dreaming about basketball, taking the last shot. And I would wake up and look around and see if anyone saw me because... It's kind of embarrassing. But actually, what I was thinking was, did my shot go in? I don't know, because I woke up. Dreams can be so real, and yet, one thing about dreams is, we don't have any control of our dreams, because you're asleep. So I think God used that dream to talk to Jacob, because in a dream, Jacob had no control. Jacob could not scheme his way out of uh, what God wanted to tell him. Remember, Jacob was a schemer. He was manipulative. He was too wise for his own good. Jacob schemed his brother Esau out of the blessing. This same vision that uh, God showed Jacob was also mentioned in the book of John, John chapter one, verse 43. To 41. Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Philip said, come and see. So when Jesus and Nathanael meet, Jesus said, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. And Nathanael asked, How do you know me? Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael must have been so impressed because he said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Then Jesus said, Yun lang? You were impressed because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? And I think Jesus even told Nathaniel that what he was seeing when he was under the fig tree. Because Jesus is God. He's all-knowing. So he's going to tell Nathaniel what he was really thinking about when he was under that fig tree. So Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is the staircase. He is the ladder. He is the only way to heaven, and there is no other way. To Jacob, the vision must have been a big encouragement. To see that God would even be mindful of him, to show him a vision to his dream. It showed That it is God who initiates the encounter and that he cares for us. But to us today, the vision is a clear illustration that Jesus is the only way to heaven. So what do we learn here? We learn that God can initiate the encounter with us anytime and anywhere and even through a dream. So who is this God? He is a God that cares. He cares enough for Jacob that he provided us a way out of certain death by providing us a stairway to heaven, and that is true, Jesus Christ alone. But to show a vision only without a voice can create a lot of miscommunication. So God speaks to Jacob in the dream. You see, a person is not saved by angels or visions. He is saved by faith in God's word. So in verse 13 to 15, God speaks to Jacob and introduces himself. He says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. God is telling Jacob, maybe you don't know me yet. So I'm introducing introducing myself to you. I am the Lord, your God. And he promises three things to Jacob. He said in verse 13, I will give you and your family the land you are lying on. Second promise in verse 14, I will give you descendants that are too many to mention, and you will be a blessing to others. And third promise I will be with you always. Don't worry. I will bring you back to this land. And that is a promise. God initiates the encounter because he cares and he can be trusted. So we have a God that we can trust. God's promises cannot be broken. You see, God's choice of Jacob was not based on merit but grace. This is always true. Remember, God chooses us not based on our good deeds, but by His grace alone. Let's keep that in mind. God chooses us not based on how good we are, but by His grace alone. Now, how did Jacob respond to this dream? How did Jacob respond to the vision and to the voice of the Lord? In verse 16, Jacob awoke, no? siya. And he declared, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. And isn't that true for most of us? We missed out on God because we were not aware of His presence. We don't see the need for God. We thought we had everything in control. Maybe we miss out on God also because we're too preoccupied With work work is life well that is what we hear from most people we keep on working 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 and we have no time for the Lord third we miss out on God because he was not a priority and he was never a priority in our life because we like to use the word we are busy that's why we don't have time for God. In verse 17, Jacob was afraid. Okay, It says he was afraid. And I think anyone who would encounter God would be afraid. And Jacob said, but Jacob also said, after he was afraid, he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the house of God. Now, that was what came into the mind of Jacob. And in verse 18 to 19, what did he do after saying that this is the house of God? Jacob took the stone, which he first made into a pillow. Then that pillow, he turns it into a pillar. And he pours oil on top of it to make a symbol that this place is Bethel, meaning the house of God. He turned his pillow into a pillar, he pours oil on top of it, and he names the place Bethel, the house of God. So what's the significance of this? What's the, meaning, uh, what's the meaning for us today? I think Jacob, he didn't build a structure, he didn't build an altar, but he just made a pillar to mark that this is where he met, he met God. It means that, for me, it means that God cannot be contained. God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. We don't need to go to church only to meet God. We don't need to have one spot only where we can encounter God. And I'm not saying we should not go to church anymore. Mamaya, di na kayo bumalik ng UECP. What I'm saying is, we can meet God anywhere, anytime. We can meet God anywhere, anytime. Who would, who would have ever thought that we would all be worshipping via online? But whether we worship physically together in our main sanctuary or we worship in our homes, God is still in our midst because God is omnipresent. And what makes a place sacred is when God is there with us. How did jacob respond to god's encounter he responded with awe. Oh. he responded by worshiping god and he realized that god can be met anywhere and i can attest to that when you encounter god you will be in awe of how great a god we have god is awesome we have a god who is omnipresent omnipresent We have a God who cannot be contained by any space or structure. The challenge today is to find that sacred place to meet God every day, to have that unhurried time free from all distractions and the worries of this world. The key is to prioritize God above anything else. In verse 20, Jacob makes a vow. Jacob makes a vow in verse 20. He said, If God will be with me and watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat, clothes to wear, and if I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord shall be my God. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all of you and all that you give me And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. I will give you a tenth. You see, a vow is a promise. And Jacob gives a promise to God. But some of of us will say, why did he use the word if? If God will be with me, then he will be my God. Some would say, maybe Jacob didn't really trust God. Or maybe Jacob didn't know God. I would like to believe that Jacob knows God because he just encountered God. And he was so amazed with that experience that he even renamed the place to Bethel, meaning the house of God. I just think that like any human being, we like to play it safe. We like to ask for signs. We like to bargain with God. Have you never bargained with God? Does it mean if we bargain with God, we don't know God? Remember, Jacob was good at bargaining his way into things. And that is his nature. So I believe that Jacob knew God. He just wanted to bargain, to get a little more, to be assured. But he really made a vow to God that, God, you are the Lord. Of my life and I will also give a tenth so here not only does Jacob make a vow that the Lord will be his God he also teaches us the principle of tithing you see one of the evidences of really loving the Lord is giving from your heart he said of all that you give me I will give you a tenth So to truly understand the grace of God, we must respond in graceful acts. Again, to truly understand the grace of God, we must respond in graceful acts. Giving is a response of our heart. And remember, God looks at the heart and not the amount. As a response to God's grace, We are reminded today to give our tithes faithfully. So if you want to give your tithes, you can check our UECP uh, online accounts at the end of the service. But for those who have zero knowledge of online banking, then please feel free to uh, contact us at UECP, and we will assist you on how to do the online banking. But besides giving your tithes, You can also give to our Missions Fund. Now this fund is being used to support our missionaries who are also affected by the lockdown. And if you want to help with our COVID-19, you can give and indicate that it is for our Calamity Fund. Now the question that some of us are asking is, where will this Calamity Fund be used? Okay, as of now, we are giving to two barangays near UECP. Okay? One near UECP, near Luzon, okay? And another barangay near Hope Christian High School. Now, we give around uh 100,000 for the two barangays. So that's 50 each for each barangay. That's 100,000 a week. Then we plan to also adopt two more barangays near the vicinity so that would be another 100. So we're going to give and help uh, these barangays and the people living in this area to show that UECP cares. And not only helping the barangays, we also want to help the hospitals. So we were able to give uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, PPEs to some hospitals, but we still want to give one more time or maybe more. So we're expecting around a budget of 250000 for that. And then, we were also able to provide a meal for the frontliners in Metropolitan Hospital. And we would also like to adopt maybe two more hospitals that we could uh, give food for the frontliners, UST and Jose Reyes. We're doing this because we want to show that UECP cares, and we have a God who is caring, a God who is awesome, a God we can trust so if you want to give us a response to god's grace i challenge you to pray about it and give freely from your heart give to god what is due him now when you encounter god your life will change forever when you encounter god your life will change forever you see encountering god experiencing god is the best thing that happened in my life, and it changed my life forever. So today I want to challenge us to make a recommitment to encounter God every day through our daily devotions and and through our giving of our tithes regularly. So as an application, I'd like to share, how can you have your daily devotions? Maybe some of us are asking, what? is a daily devotion, or how to have daily devotions. There are many ways to have a daily quiet time, but I like to share mine. Okay? It doesn't mean that mine is the only way. I just like to share uh, the steps on how I do my daily devotions. First step, you have to find your Bethel in your home. Find that spot where you can focus and listen to God. For some, it would be the bedroom, the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, maybe even the bathroom. I don't know. Where is that sacred place where you can just focus and listen to the word of God? Second step I do is I prepare my heart. Now, how do how do I prepare my heart? For me, I have to listen to Christian songs. You know, like um, Amazing Grace. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Okay, these songs. I prepare my heart. So I don't know how about you. How would you prepare your heart? Third, pray. Spend time to pray. You could list down things that you want to pray about. You could, One day you can pray for a country. You can pray about your neighbor. You can pray about your parents. You can pray about your children. You can pray about your business. Pray. Fourth, choose a passage to read. Now, there are many ways in doing this. You could choose a devotional book. Okay, you could go online and go to our daily bread, that's another site. You could just go straight to the Bible. You could start in the book of First Timothy, First Samuel, or even Genesis. Or you could also go online. I always go to uh, www.biblegateway.com. Yeah, Biblegateway.com. They have a read through the Bible for a year there. You could follow that pattern. And now I know the question some of you would ask. What do I do with what I read? Now that's a good question. What do you do when you're reading the Bible? I'll suggest these steps. When you're reading your Bible, let's say you read Genesis 28, 10 to 22. After you read it once, go back. Read it a second time. And after you read it a second time, you could use the five W's and H. Why, what, where, when, who, and how. And just ask questions as you're reading it. Write it down, the questions. Okay? Don't think of the answers, just write it down. Then for the third time, you read it again and you try to answer your questions. Another way is to just read the passage and ask the Lord, what do you want me to learn today and what are you teaching me today? Lord, lay upon my heart the things that you want us or want me to learn that day. And the fifth step, which I feel is the most impo- or one of the most important steps that we often lack, journal. Write down your thoughts. Because when you write down your thoughts, you are crystallizing the things that God wants you to learn that day. This is my way, it's not, the, it's not the only way, but I challenge you today, encounter God and you will be blessed because we have a God who is awesome, who is caring, who is trusting, who is omnipresent, and as a response, I hope that you would recommit to have your daily devotion and to give your tithes regularly. God bless everyone, and I hope to see you again when the lockdown is finished. Thank you.